0: Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show.
4: Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. we got a good one today. We're going to have America's favorite rapping teacher, Dwayne Reed, author of uh, children's book, Simon B. Ryman. That's coming up during the third half of our three-hour tour. In the second hour, we're going to talk about Nick's new heart uh, with the mother of a heart transplant, the, one of the youngest, if not the youngest ever and uh, her name is Susan May but first since we did the spring forward thing over the weekend it seems appropriate to kick off the week and uh, the new time um, with the author of a book called feeling forwards and uh, her name is Elizabeth Gould she is uh, also uh, a founding member of Randy Zuckerberg's global leadership school at the Zuckerberg Institute Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, This is the Tom Sumner program. My guest this hour is a best selling author and founding member of Randy Zuckerberg's Global Leadership School at the Zuckerberg Institute. Um, She has a a new book. It's called um, Feeling Forwards How to Become the Person Who Has the Life You Want. And uh, the author is Elizabeth Gould. She joins me by phone. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Tom. It's very exciting to be here. I've been enjoying diving into your episodes online.
4: Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I I usually hope to catch people unawares.
0: <laughs> oh, it's okay. I, no, I I promise I will uh I am open to any and all questions you have for me, so um please surprise me with all of your questions.
4: Well, if you've been listening, you know I have a tendency to to ask unusual questions sometimes. But um the let's start with the title of the book, Feeling Forwards. I, I'm I'm not sure how to take that, Elizabeth. I, I, I understand the subtitle, Learn How to Harness the Infinite Energy of Your Emotions, but, but feeling forwards, what does that mean exactly? Does that mean lean into what you want?
0: Yes, that's very perceptive of you. I, I think there's two things with the title. Firstly, I chose forwards instead of forwards, which I know is, is more commonly used. Forward to me implies um, a, a never-ending motion, always, always moving. Than forward, is, I didn't think had that same kind of momentum.
4: Yeah, it, well, I, things that are moving forward at the same time, a group of yeah. things going forward.
0: Yes. Well, well, feeling forwards. I wrote the book because it struck me, and and following on from my previous two books, but it struck me that when we're talking about wanting to make a change within ourselves or wanting to make a change within our lives, there's there's such a heavy emphasis on thinking. And if thinking made it successful, then we would keep all of our New Year's resolutions and we would carry out every good intention. And as we both know, that doesn't always happen. So to me, emotions is the, the missing piece of the puzzle. I suppose the best example to, to give you of a group of people that, that used feeling forwards all the time without even knowing it, is someone who wants to be a professional athlete. Now, by the time that they reach, whether it's they want to be um, uh, an NBA star or an Olympian, they've actually been living the life of a professional athlete since they were very young. They've been sleeping a certain number of hours, they've been training, they've been eating the right food, they've been focusing on their mindset. So when they actually step up onto the Olympic trials for the first time or or get to have their first professional game, they've actually been feeling and living as though that person for many years previously and using the power of emotions to keep them going when really success might have looked like it was a long way away. So I use the term feeling forwards to really encapsulate that whole style of behavior, thinking, believing, and harnessing the power of hope to get somewhere that you can't quite see yet.
4: Now, ever since I heard about um, you and your books, I've been really curious to ask this question. What is the Zuckerberg Institute, and is it on Facebook?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um, Zuckerberg Institute Institute was started by, by Randy a few years ago now, and it's a global leadership school that's been pivoting over the last couple of years as we have all been pivoting with these very interesting times. Um, I coached with the Institute, we had a number of programs for entrepreneurs. I went with them to Sweden to to conduct a weekend seminar hackathon. Randy's a, an incredible businesswoman. She's very heavily involved in Broadway. She won a, a number of Tony Awards in 2019 for her productions. So it's, it's an amazing place. Randy is a force of nature. And it was when I was working with her and her team, that I gained an an additional insight into why entrepreneurs sometimes or quite often get stuck in the middle of their journey. And a lot of that is is emotional blockages that I was working with them to, to release. And that's where a lot of my, if you like, my practice of feeling forwards ideas started that I was able to share in the book.
4: Now, I was being a little facetious when I said, and is it on Facebook, because I really wanted to explore, because most people, at least in the States, equate the name Zuckerberg with Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook fame, Mm.
5: the founder of Facebook.
4: So I, I, I really wanted to see if there was any connection between Randy Zuckerberg and Mark Zuckerberg.
0: Well, um, of course, Randy was the uh, digital marketing manager at Facebook for a number of years, but she left it around. I think it's two thousand and eight, and then explored a lot of her her own business business ventures.
4: But is she related to Mark?
0: Oh yes, I'm sorry. I should have explained. She's his older sister.
4: Okay. See, I wondered if it was the same family because it's not a typically uh, or it's not a very common name. And so anybody that hears the name Zuckerberg almost always instinctively thinks of Facebook.
0: That's correct. No, I'm sorry. I should have been a lot clearer. And no, Randy is is Buck's older sister and she worked with him for a number of years and, and until she left a little while ago.
4: Oh, that's that's wonderful. Um and, and mm. now you are located where? Aren't you in Australia?
0: I'm in Melbourne, Australia, so forgive me if my my uh, not too early, but my early morning voice is a little bit croaky.
4: <laughs> well, see, it's fairly late in the afternoon here, but we're recording this for a morning show, so I'm not even going to try and do all the math on the times. But <laughs> but, um, but I, I wanted to ask um, how you connected with Randy.
0: That's, that's a really interesting question because it's, it's the end of a little bit of a journey. I I had actually reached out to, I had a, I have had a connection with Tony Robbins on and off in a very um, sporadic way over the last decade or so. And I reached out to him in 2017 and asked him if he, I could use a quote from a letter he had written to me after my first book, Secrets of Cancer Survivors. And I asked him, if I could use part of that letter for promotional purposes and I, I brought him up to speed with what I was doing and what I was planning. Long story short, he invited me to meet with him in Sydney at one of his events. I flew up to Sydney, I met him, we had a chat and he said, oh look, you need to come as my guest to a couple of other events and I'll, I'll support you as much as I can. So I had a lovely time. I was flying to San Diego and to Florida and, and hearing <laughs> Tony speak. But in the meantime, my my long-suffering, beautiful husband was at home with uh, the family and running our other two businesses. And I saw this uh, seminar advertised and Randy Zuckerberg was speaking and there were a couple of other speakers, one of Tony's um, trainers I recognized, and my husband's a businessman. So I thought, oh, look, I've been having this fabulous time, but I would really like to do something nice for Rob, so I bought tickets, so I bought expensive tickets, so we got to have a meet and greet with some of the speakers, including Randy. So we go to the to the seminar, and my husband, being his usual entrepreneurial self, wanted to sit in the front row in front of the speaker. He said, look, now I'm gonna be here, let's be here. Great.
5: <laughs> front so and I center.
0: Of, absolutely, not where I normally sit in class, but you know, anyway. I left the room for a, a break, and when I came back, my husband was chatting to this absolutely lovely man who looked a bit like Clark Kent. He was American, and my husband had <laughs> told him all about my books, and I'd been meeting with Tony Robbins and had a lovely chat with this, this amazing guy, and at the end of it, he said, oh, look, I'm about to go on stage and speak. Can I refer to you as my, my new Australian friend? And we said, So he turned out to be Randy's COO of Zuckerberg Media and he was later at the meet and greet and we struck up a friendship. I had a chat with with Randy and we we exchanged a girl power anecdote and then I ended up going on the uh, seminar that Randy was conducting in Sydney later that year and then Jim Augustine who was her COO reached out said, Randy would like you to be a founding member of the institute, but it became a really important relationship with Jim because he's a a quantum science geek, an incredibly intelligent and well-read man, and I had a very early concept for feeling forwards, and by that time, I was going to the States fairly regularly, and I caught up with him for a coffee, and I said, look, I've just got this idea. You know, we talked about entrepreneurs and how they get stuck, and they get stuck in their heads. What if there's some kind of connection we can make between emotion and energy and bending time? What if through your emotions and your behavior, you can bring yourself in the future into the present and make things happen faster? And Jim was an incredible support and inspiration. I've actually dedicated feeling forward to him. And he was along with me. He read the first draft and said, You could do better, and he was absolutely right with another (laughs) dear friend, Michael Lizzie, And um, the book evolved, and that was the story of how I met Randy, which was initially I wanted to give my husband a really nice (laughs) date.
4: And Tony Robbins ended up giving you a very good quote about the book. He said, uh, feeling forwards helps you find the power within to overcome unbelievable challenges and take a quantum leap forwards.
0: Yes, he's been incredibly generous and supportive. I actually reached out. I'm very respectful of, of his support. So that quote came about when I reached out and said, look, I've actually written another book. Can I can I use one of the quotes from the letter? And he said, look, why don't I think about the book? and I give you a quote that's directly related? And I said, yeah, that would be amazing. And it was particularly kind because I reached out just as COVID was really starting to bite. It was late February, it was his mm. 60th birthday celebrations, which were massive, and he still found time to to get through to me and provide me with that quote, so he has been fantastic.
4: More with bestseller Elizabeth Gould, author of Feeling Forwards, How to Become the Person Who Has the Life You Want. Straight ahead. Hello, out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger, T I double G,
0: that spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner's program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs>
6: This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
4: More with bestseller Elizabeth Gould, author of Feeling Forwards, How to Become the Person Who Has the Life You Want. Straight ahead. Well, let's talk a little bit about the bridge between uh, um, emotion and energy. I, I know there's a tremendous amount of emotion that builds up around anger. Mm-hmm. Or uh, energy, rather, is what I meant to say. A tremendous um, Anger generates a tremendous amount of energy, becoming rage at times. In, in what ways do other emotions um, invoke or, or spark energy?
0: That's a great question to start with, anger, because one of the, the people I, I consulted with in Feeling Forwards was um, Dr. Kelly Turner and she has a PhD in patients studying how patients who were given less than 25% chance of surviving their cancer made it through to remission and she's written two books. The first is Radical Remission and the second is Radical Hope and I reached out to her after she wrote Radical Remission and talked with her my ideas about emotions and energy because one of the elements of radical remission is the ability to be able to let go of fear and move into hope and positive emotion. And I dive a little bit into the book about the the biological link between emotions and energy, but if you're in fight or flight, and I think one of the, the hardest things for all of us and one of the causes of so many mental health issues at the moment is that with the pandemic looming over us, where, can be potentially in fight or flight nearly all the time, particularly if you turn on the news. So if you're in a fight or flight, as, as Kelly Turner explained it to me, you can't actually get your body to release all the healing hormones that will fight cancer. So the first thing she does with her with her radical remission strategy, and in her book she studies this, is getting cancer patients out of fight or flight, getting them out of fear, getting them out of stress, and yes, also getting them out of anger. When you're diagnosed with with cancer, and I went through a couple of these emotional stages myself, anger is one of the early reactions because you could think, and there's variations here, you could think, um, I'm a cheerful person. I eat right, I exercise, there's none of this cancer in my family. Um, why? Why is it me? Why is it someone else? So as soon as you're able to release all those negative emotions, then obviously you get the benefit of positive emotions. And any form of negative emotion will keep you, keep you not only unwell, but also stuck.
4: Are those the things that, that, that stick us? our negative emotions? Is this as simple as purging negative emotions and embracing positive emotions?
0: Kind of. And, and, I, like and kind I realize the, I'm
4: oversimplifying yeah. it, but I, I was hoping maybe you could explain it better than that.
0: No, you're very, very close, because the, the challenge with positive emotions is that so many people equate that with positive thinking. And positive thinking doesn't always work. It's a little bit like it's a simple example, but um, if your car breaks down, no amount of positive thinking is going to get the engine turning over. But you can have a positive focus that it's not the end of the world. I can call a friend. I can get roadside assist, whatever else.
4: I have an <laughs> anecdote I have to share with you. Oh, please since, please since you mentioned the car breaking down, my oldest daughter, when she was a little girl, my car broke down one time, and she had the perfect solution. She said I should take it to the chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, that's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and in a way, she was right.
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, so if, if we're looking at it, if we look positive emotions, I think our lives are a little bit, in terms of your emotions, if you think of yourself as a radio station, it's impossible for one radio station to play two kinds of music at once. And even if it could, you wouldn't be able to discern one from the other. So you either have a positive focus, which generates positive emotions, or you have a negative focus, which generates negative emotions. And I remember when I was first diagnosed with cancer, um, It was I was under 40. I had two small children. I had a two-year-old and a four-and-a-half-year-old. Mm-hmm. And my initial response was, apart from fear, it was uh, I was so scared, so fearful. And then I said to my my oncologist, um, I said, "Well, at least it's not my children."
5: Yeah.
0: And from that moment, my focus totally shifted. Yes, I had cancer. Yes, it was going to be hard. Yes, there was going to be a lot of treatment but my focus shifted to my children. And every time I thought about surviving for my children, I was filled with emotions of hope and determination and strength. If I ever woke up at three o'clock in the morning and started thinking about my cancer and edged towards what would my funeral look like, the emotions were overwhelmingly negative, And I had to continually change my focus, which changed my emotions. Which then actually changed the outcome for me. Is that a more accessible example? Yeah, and and
4: but I, but I want to peel it back a little bit more because how do you how do you just change that when a lot of times those negative emotions, especially that that three o'clock in the morning, you know, you wake up and and it just seems like the world is trying to crush you and it washes over you in a way that seems so overwhelming, how do you get a grip and, and turn it a different way?
0: Mm. Well, I had a, a kind of a, a nasty prelude to corona, and I was in a situation, just as you had raised just then. So in January 2020, I had two close family members who were facing major life challenges, not because they'd done anything wrong, but they they were facing two kind of nasty curveballs they weren't expecting. And then on top of that, a close girlfriend of mine went from having a slight cough to taking me out to coffee and, and sharing she'd been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. So I had these three beautiful people in my life that were going through horrible situations that I couldn't influence or control as someone who loved them. All I could do was, was be there, be supportive, but that was not necessarily going to influence the outcome. So I wasn't sleeping. So after a sleep of night, my husband woke up and I said to him, you know, we're gonna to have to use feeling forwards in this situation because I'm not sleeping and I'm not coping and I'm not gonna be any use to these three beautiful souls. So I said, we're gonna pick a time, six months in the future, And we're going to decide on three actions we're going to take now. And we're going to think about in six months' time how proud we are going to be that we took those steps, even though it was during a very traumatic time. So one of the the decisions we decided to implement was a a change in our health. We, We decided that we committed to a certain amount of exercise a week. And then as a couple, we made two other personal decisions. And we stuck to it. And at the end of six months, yes, we were were in a pandemic and, and we were in a very hard lockdown. There were some months where we couldn't leave the house and travel more than two miles. So we did a lot of exercise in circles. But in that six months' time, we did look back and we were very proud of those three things that we had decided to do. And the two family member situations were resolved in very positive ways I could never have dreamt of. And my girlfriend went into remission. So we used, I took the despair and turned it into a positive focus. Thought of the three things we would be proud of or we were very proud of. And then carried those emotions of pride and hope back into the present to make it stronger. And,
4: and right in the title of the book, the book is called Feeling Forwards, Learn how to harness the infinite energy of your emotions. And I gave the example of anger. And I think we all know that there's a lot of energy that that builds up in anger. But do all of our emotions have infinite energy? And and is it just innately there or do we have to, to really look for it and couple them?
0: Two parts to that answer. I refer to a, a in the book. There's a, actually an energy scale which was created by a Dr. Hawkins a number of years ago. Because you can actually measure the electromagnetic energy from the head and from the heart extending out from the body. So there are ways to actually we we do have within us a force. Um, a delight the Star Wars fans out there, which we can we can use for, for positive or or uh, negative benefits. I in my first book, Secrets of Cancer Survivors, I became acutely aware that in my life there were people I understood just from an intrinsic reaction were either heaters or drainers. You know, you run into a friend that you might not have seen for a while, and you had a brief chat, and you walk away, and you, you lift it up. They just they're so pleased to see you. Um, you'll, they're so engaged in what you're doing and you walk away with a spring in your step. And then you might run into someone else. I remember I, I used to live close to a grocer's and I would pass a, a fruit and vegetable shop and I would pass that shop on my way home from the train. So sometimes I would pop in and buy a few vegetables. And the woman that owned the shop was, was such a drainer, I had to stop going because I'd, I'd walk in and say, oh, it's a lovely sunny day. And she said, yes, but it's raining tomorrow. Or, <laughs> or <laughs> you know, it's, it's spring. Oh, yes, all the flowers are out, so my allergies are giving me hell. And <laughs> it was so toxic, I, I, I stopped going. So it, it is, I, I do think we can not only feel sort of the power of the emotions within ourselves, but we can certainly be affected from them being um, emanating from someone else.
4: I remember uh, I lived in Los Angeles for a short time, and there was someone there who said something really wonderful to me once. It had rained for several days, which in, in Southern California can be very depressing. And um, and then the day that it stopped raining, she said, I love it when it has rained like this because then we have a day like this.
0: Oh, how beautiful
4: it it really was and, and and you know you looked around it wasn't a cloud in the sky it was beautiful <laughs> you know 70 something degrees or close to 80 and it it really was a beautiful day and and made more beautiful by the fact that it had it had rained and everything looked more green and the colors were more vivid and so on and and it was it was really a nice sentiment
0: well that's actually almost a mini example of feeling forwards right there Tom because even when it was raining, she was feeling forward. She knew to that day the was coming. And the sun came out. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it right back.
4: And and that's really, I, I don't want to say the essence because I, I don't want to get into that, well, if we boil it down, it's just this. But but in essence, it's, it's setting your sights on better and, and leaning that way.
0: Absolutely, and and with entrepreneurs, I, I used to quite often they they would work for hours and hours. They were their health was horrible. They hadn't kept track of their finances, and they would say, "Well, when my app is launched, or when my product is in Walmart, then I'll get my finances order and I'll get a personal trainer, and then I'll be fine." And I'll say, "No, but you actually have to do that now." Because otherwise you're stuck as the person who hasn't succeeded yet, you make sure you're healthy enough, so as the minute that your product hits Walmart, you're on to the next iteration. If you don't get your finances in order now, when you get the thousands of downloads you're expecting and the money floods through your account, you're not actually going to be handled handle that uh, the financial um, stress that's going to cause in a different way. You become the person who's achieved something now in your habits and behaviors and your focus, and then it will happen, but not if you keep waiting for it to happen.
4: I was reading one of your quotes, Today is the past of your future, and it reminded me a little of the Winston Churchill quote when he was asked about uh, if they were, uh, you know, at the, at the beginning uh, of the end of the war, and he said, Well, I don't know if we're at the beginning, but maybe we're at the end of the beginning.
0: Yes, yes. And about to move into that next phase. I mean, he also had a, he's a very interesting man with his quotes. He also had one, which was, never waste the power of a good, or was it never waste the power of a crisis? Yeah. And I, yeah. And I, yes, we are, we have been in crisis, but I think we all know personal examples of, as people who have managed to well definitely not enjoying the situation have managed to find a positive focus and move forward
4: you know you mentioned covid a couple of times and i um, i've interviewed several people uh, very successful people in fact uh, you know best selling writers and so on who and and i i asked them if during this last year if they had found themselves with extra time and if it had allowed them to be more productive. And I was really surprised at the number of them that said, you know, not really, you know, like a lot of people, I just stood there like a deer in the headlights.
0: Uh, I've actually, i actually, I probably have a, a different situation in as much that I'm, I'm always pretty busy, but I've actually, uh, i I've I've worked harder and been and been busier. Have I? Having said that, I had two um, very large business opportunities connected with speaking and also travel in February that disappeared in two days. I had to cancel uh, events that had a significant financial impact. But in terms of time, um, I've actually found my, my time has got more crunched, and I have to remind myself not to keep working. But I think with everyone being online in, in my business, it's it's getting meaningful content out to people. I've also been very conscious. I mean, I, I love your beautiful country. It's, this is the longest I haven't been for a visit that I can remember. But I'm also conscious that different nationalities and different cultures are coping with COVID in a different way. And I think, if anything, it's made me more globally aware of what my message is and when, when is a good time to, to share different, different messages. But having said that, I think there was an initial period of enormous shock for all of us that actually this thing is real, it's not going away, and the way we, we did enjoy living our lives is not going to be the same, at least for a while.
4: I've been kind of referring to the whole COVID nightmare as sort of a cloud and looking for silver linings and and there are some and one of them might tie directly to your book what better time to audit yourself and your emotions and and start feeling forwards
0: yes I love that you've said that Tom because when we, when we want to do something, it's quite often when times are hard or we're giving ourselves a, a big challenge. So, and everyone's become very very reflective. I think we're going to see some positive changes in terms of holistic medicine and people being more aware of mental health issues and also being more aware of their emotions as they move forward from this, this cloud to, to the dawn that will come afterwards. And I love that in the book. I mean, sometimes I love books with new ideas myself. I'm always reading. And sometimes I feel as though I'm going through a book and there's a gentle breeze on my face as I flip through the pages because I'm thinking, "I dear, yeah, this is great, but tell me what to do. Okay, how can <laughs> how can I absorb this in my everyday life? I want to start this now. And so I wrote Feeling Forwards very much. Um, the chapters, are like you can train your mind, you can... Um, harness your emotions you can create your future you can own your day and each of them is a little bit like uh, a mini seminar on if you want this result this is how it's been proven typically to happen in a very easy to understand way this is how someone else has overcome the challenges and this is maybe how you can absorb it into your day because I promise if you read the book you can start using feeling boards the next day. It's not something that is going to be very complex. It's very accessible.
4: Um, I, I can't believe how fast the time has gone, Elizabeth. Um, I've been really enjoying this conversation with you. But we, we've got to bring it to an end, and I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they might find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Obviously, the book is a great place to start. The book is called Feeling Forwards. Learn how to harness the infinite energy of your emotions. Um, But, uh, Elizabeth, do you have a website?
0: I do. Thank you for asking that, Tom. My website is elizabethgould.com. I also am active on Insta at Elizabeth Gould underscore, and I also can be reached on my podcast, Feeling Forwards, which has lots of additional material to the book in it as well.
4: Well, Elizabeth, thanks so much. It was such a pleasure to meet you and uh, get to know you a little bit.
0: Well, it's always lovely to make a new friend far away, Tom. I'm very grateful for this opportunity, and I, I loved your questions, and I wasn't expecting a single one of them. (laughs)
4: <laughs> you know i I have people ask me in advance of interviews so often, what are you going to ask?" And I don't know because I don't prepare the questions ahead of time. I think it's so much better to just you know find an icebreaker question and and then just go where the conversation goes and and I appreciate your willingness to go along with me on that.
0: I agree. It's much more fun.
4: <laughs> well, you take care and uh, keep up the good work. Stay safe.
0: You too, Tom. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye.
4: That was Elizabeth Gould, and uh, she is a best-selling author and founding member of Randy Zuckerberg's Global Leadership School at the Zuckerberg Institute. She has a new book. It's called Feeling Forwards. Learn how to harness the infinite energy of your emotions. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program.
7: Side. We're all in for a bumpy ride. I'll we'll see you on the other side. It's not the same without you here. I hold on to this phone so tight. I'll whisper you a good night kiss. I'll see you on the other side. When I crawl out of my cage, when the world is purified, I will find you and I promise this. I'll see you on the other side. will see you on the other side. I'll see you on the other side. And I'll meet you with arms open wide See you on the other side See you on the other side See you on the other side And I'll meet you with arms open wide See you on the other side
3: and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services.
0: Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
8: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your Hollywood reporter, Don Hinckley, at the premiere of what is probably the most talked about motion picture of all time. The story of the great love between the handsome Roman general and the Egyptian queen. We're hoping to interview the beautiful star of this epic. And, oh, I I think we're in luck. Yes, yes. We are in luck. Here comes that great beauty now. Excuse me, would you like to say hello to your millions of fans?
9: My name, Jose Imán. <laughs> hello to your millions of fans.
8: Of course, uh, everyone here knows the name of your picture, but I'm sure you'd like to mention it again.
9: The name of my picture is Digit Goes Egyptian. <laughs>
8: I always thought the uh, title of the picture was Cleopatra. Oh, no,
9: no, no, Cleopatra is the name of our coming attraction.
8: (laughs) Coming attraction? That's right. Well, that picture cost $40 million. That's nothing, I was cost $100,000. Well, that's not so much. For a ticket. Do you mean that you're charging $100,000 for one ticket? Why, I couldn't afford to see that picture. Would you like a free pass? Yes, I would. That'll
9: Uh, be
5: $10,000.
8: How much did the picture actually cost to make?
9: Including lunches.
8: Why why should lunches be so expensive?
9: Do you know what it costs to smuggle corned beef into Egypt?
8: I guess costumes uh, must have cost you a fortune. Oh, costumes, my goodness. They... Costumes alone cost $50 billion. I imagine uh, Cleopatra's costume was the most expensive. No, there we saved money.
9: <laughs> <laughs> Eight yards of saran wrap and some beads. It was all <laughs> oh, didn't, we needed for that. Didn't they uh, try to save money at all? Yes, we tried to save money at all. For example, one time we had this thing, you know, that was going on in a beautiful alabaster hall, and we had 30,000 dancing girls running around, and we had 20,000 musician people playing golden harps, and we had 40,000 slave girls pouring wine.
8: Well, how did that save money? We used paper cups. That must have been the famous orgy scene?
9: No, that was the famous coffee break.
8: That's fantastic. we
9: swung on a set there. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I gotta tell you one thing, that the picture has a surprised ending, so nobody will be seated during the last five hours.
8: Well, it's obviously a very long movie, but uh, do you plan to have intermissions? Yes, one intermission, Wednesday.
9: (laughs) You guys can take Wednesday off you. mean the show lasts a whole week? Yes, if you see the cartoon. Cartoon? Yes, (laughs) (laughs) Ben-Hur. Mickey Mouse plays Ben and Minnie plays her.
8: Exactly how long have you been uh, working on this picture?
9: Well, quite a while, because we had a delay one time. We had to lay off on account of the noise. What noise? World War II. <laughs> we had those tiger tanks going there. We were straight. It was really terrible, and then it was these guys with the pointed helmets. Jose. <laughs> Maybe it was World War One, man. <laughs>
8: Sir, let's talk about your co-star's salary. I understand it's an astronomical figure. She certainly has. <laughs> you uh, noticed that, huh? Yeah, right? I'm that's talking so, about I'm her salary. I'm glad to see her
9: obs- Oh, your, her salary. Yes. yes. Yes, yes. Well, you talk about what you want to talk about, and I'll talk about what I
8: do. I understand that she makes $8,000 a day. Now, that's more than most people isn't make in a some, year.
9: Isn't that something? $8,000 a day.
8: Yeah. It's a lot of money. Sure. But is she
7: really happy?
9: Boy, is she happy. <laughs> You never heard such giggling in your life. It comes from that girl on payday, and you can hear it all the way across the street.
8: But Jose, yes. money doesn't buy happiness.
9: No, but for eight thousand dollars a day, you could rent it.
8: Now that you've mentioned your beautiful co-star, I wonder if you'd answer the question the whole world is asking.
9: I would be delighted to, as long as they don't ask it at once. Let them ask you one at a time. Let's start with India,
8: if you know. Right. There's a lot of people over there. The question think. is, yes. are you going to marry your co-star?
9: I will have to say at this time, and you can quote me on this, and I don't care if you quote me word for word and even be better. <laughs> I will marry the woman I love. You will? I always do. <laughs> I don't know what I could tell you about how much I love her. I would climb the top of the highest mountain. I would crawl on my little valley across all the desert and the hot desert, and I would go across the most ragging rivers
8: for her. When will you see her next? Tonight, if it doesn't rain. <laughs> Listen,
9: you know, I got my good toga on. I don't want to spoil
8: Jose, what would you say was your biggest problem in the picture?
9: I would say my biggest problem in the picture was the asp.
8: The uh, asp? Yes. You mean
9: the snake? Yes, the snake asp, yeah. <laughs> you see, that is snake. How to come around and hug Cleopatra real tight and coil around her and come up and bite her right on the neck, you see? And it was my job to teach that asp how to do that. So, so, So what's wrong with that? He got it right the first time. I told him, nobody likes a smart asp.
1: another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
2: and go back to school I'm washing my hands like a raccoon with OCD I've watched Hulu Roku, Netflix PBS and the BBC I've taken down The death of me, the death of me, i risk a trip to the grocery store to buy a TV and a few things more And some mad dog wine I'm washing my hands Like a raccoon with OCD I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix PBS and the BBC I've taken down all my mirrors Cause I'm sick of what I see So this quarantine's gonna be the death of me The death of me You know, they say this is war But we don't have to storm Omaha Beach or Porkchop Hill And we just lay here on the couch and watch TV I'd rather volunteer for a high-risk commando raid To parachute into Wuhan And find that little fella that ordered that soup. I know I'm talking out of my head, saying crazy stuff over and over, like, yes, dear, yes, dear. At breakfast, I meant to say, honey, please pass me the pepper. What slipped out was, you crazy woman, you've ruined my life. (laughs) Of course, I immediately apologized (laughs) as soon as I regained consciousness.
5: Fashion Radio
2: for a new generation.
5: The time Summer Program.com. The Times Summer Program.com. The time
2: Summer Program.com.